freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. And Brooke Roy, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. All right, we roll along here on Brock and Salk Seattle Sports on 710SeattleSports.com. G. Scott is in the building here for about another half hour, which is great. And then uh, I don't know what we'll do after that. We'll have to figure something out. I don't know. I'll have to talk to you guys about something. I'll, I'll, I've got some ideas. I'm I got back some this thoughts. week, though. I know. You're coming back on Wednesday, right? Yeah. Awesome. All right, so we got a day with G today, a day with KJ tomorrow, yeah. another day with G on Wednesday. I forget what's happening on Thursday. I don't know. We'll figure it out. And then Friday, uh, I'm out of here. I got to go get my... Uh, I got to go get my colon checked out. I got the colonoscopy for them. Have you done that yet? I need to. Gee, yeah, you're older to. than me, man. Yeah. You got to go do that. Well, they just recently, I'm, I'm going to get it done. They just recently, it used to be 50. All right, now it's now 45. Now it's 45, yeah. right? Yeah. So you got to go get that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, I know you had some baseball conversations, some baseball questions. Yeah. Uh, you asked me one. I know you got a couple others, but I'll start with the first one you asked me, which is, is Shohei Otani the best player of all time? Is Shohei the best player of all time? I know that you you seem to believe that he is. It's taken me. I did some some thought on this okay. over the weekend. Can I can I just tell the listeners yeah. why this came up? Yes, please do. Um, right now, the Angels team leaders, as yes. far as in their stats, right now, runs, hits, home runs, uh, walks, <laughs> RBIs, stolen bases, on base percentage, slugging percentage, uh, wins, ERA, strikeouts. <laughs> It's Shohei Otani. Yeah. So I see that. Number one, here's my first question. Have you guys ever seen that before? Well, no. Okay. All right. Number two, what more do you need to see? <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like you meet someone for the first time, you look good, got a good job, you're at a good place in your life. And someone, they don't want to fall in love with you over time because they need to see it sustained mm-hmm. for five to ten years. Let me tell you something, baby. I probably only got a good year at this. <laughs> you know I mean? well, that's, part of the, that's part of it. Consistency I, matters. So let me make my statement, and then right. you take me down off my heel. Shohei Otani is the greatest baseball player we've ever seen. Prove me wrong. Well, I prove you wrong. I don't know if I can, but I disagree. I, I, I think what I would say is that he's the most complete baseball player of all time. He certainly has the most complete package of skills because he's unique. Nobody has ever done what he's doing right now to this extent. We've had a couple of people who play first base and they'll come in and pitch occasionally. Dave McCarty did that and there were a couple of others. I mean, obviously, Babe Ruth was a pitcher and then he was a hitter, but he didn't really do both at the same time the way uh, the way the way Shohei is. It's completely unique. There is literally nothing on the baseball field he's not good at. I guess I've not seen him play shortstop, but something tells me he'd be just fine. Babe Ruth was, by the way, Babe Ruth yeah. was doing that against a very controlled. Completely different. These players yeah. aren't allowed to play. Different world. Shohei doing this in 2023. Dude, I am not taking anything away. He's the most complete baseball player of all time. Baseball does require an element of longevity. It's part of every conversation about greatness in this sport. It's, it's, it's. The greatest home run hitter 
is about how many you've hit over the course of your life, not how many you hit in one season or one game. And that's not to say that the record for one season wasn't incredible. Obviously, we all followed it with McGuire and Sosa, and it was unbelievable. But when you talk about the greatest, I think you're looking out over a a, a longer period of time. He's done it for a few years. Mm -hmm. And I think there are some real questions about how all that extra work will affect him long term. Can he stay healthy? Can he continue to do this year after year? But is he unbelievable? Yes. Do I want to watch him every chance I have? Of course. Would I kill for him to come to Seattle? Yes. Am I bitter that he chose Anaheim over here the last time? Of course. Here's the question I have for you. Why do you think, or it's sort of two or three questions together. Why do you think Shohei's the only one who does this? What do you think, like, what what environmental factors paved the way for him to do this and nobody else? And I think we know there's going to be more coming. There's already this kid in, in at what, Stanford, right, who's, who's sort of going down the same direction. There will be more Otanis. He is opening the door for more great athletes to do this. But why do you think what why do you think the first person to ever do this was this gigantic dude coming out of Japan? His DNA. You think it's just his DNA? Facts. Mm, I think I don't believe that. Okay. I think Shohei Otani. I think whatever his body, his chemistry, everything that is part of his body. Now, I always love to bring things into layman's terms. Mm. Is there something you're listening right now. Is there something that you were born to do, right? There's somebody's like, yeah, gee, I could draw when I was five years old. Or I, could, I just understood how to build blocks and Legos, and I knew I was going to be an architect, right? There's some of us that are just born to do something. I think Shohei Otani, his chemical makeup, his DNA, all of the cells in his body no. was made to play baseball. Now, okay— here, here's what I here's why my argument about Shohei Otani feels like it's it has more strength to it now, and I'll tell you why, Justin. Because I thought that when I made that take, Mike Salk, being the baseball dude that he is, would be able to break that down. Boom, 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 boom. I am seeing the struggle that he has to discredit. Shohei Otani being I don't want the greatest to discredit player. the guy. He's unbelievable. Because I mean, like, who wants to argue yeah. against him being great? He's in an unbelievable situation okay. that we're watching. Okay, help me out so I can understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Put Shohei on the shelf for a second. Mike Salk. Who's the greatest baseball player of all time? <laughs> it's a good question. It's probably, I mean, if, if, if it's probably Bonds, I mean, like, if you're not, in, if you're mine. not including the, if you don't care about steroids and everyone else was doing it at the same time, I think there's a really compelling argument to make that it was Barry Bonds. It, thank you. Barry Bonds is, I think, the greatest baseball player of all time He's, because he was a Hall of Famer as a Pittsburgh Pirate. Right. And then he left them, came over to the Giants, and then you saw what he did there. What he did in San Francisco has never been done before, will never be done again. It is the most impressive stretch of hitting that anyone will ever see. So, mm-hmm. if you can say, oh, oh, thank you, Mike Salk, for saying that. If you can say Barry Bonds is a player, I'll agree. Right. He was my number one until this, until this show hey showed up. came up. And let me let me just say that like 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 come on now. Like the team leaders for the Angels runs Otani. Hits Otani. Home runs 
Right, oh, but, Tani, but hold on. But he's is he, but is, look at the league leaders, not the Angels leaders. I mean, like again, and he's leading Mike, some of those categories Mike too. Trout is on his team. I understand. I'm not saying he's not a great player. He's unbelievable. You've asked me to argue against Shohei Otani, which is mean. Fair. Like you're asking me to argue against something that I believe is absolutely incredible. Best of all time, I think it's really hard to say that after a couple seasons. Baseball is just played out over more longevity. You need more time before you can say, could he become the greatest player of all time? Yes. He's the greatest right now. He's the best in the game right now. Yes. So yes. the argument is defined by longevity here. I would agree with that. Is he the but best in the game today? Yes. And do you ask another question? Why isn't it happening? Probably because most coaches tell you to pick a lane. Well, that's why I, I don't believe right. it's DNA. I really don't. You're telling me if Bo Jackson had decided he wanted to go down the Shohei Otani route that he couldn't have? Of course he could have. Bo Jackson absolutely could have been a great... If he had ditched football and decided he wanted to both pitch and hit, Bo Jackson would have been as good as Shohei Otani. Honestly, he would have. And I think there's probably plenty of other guys, probably more hitters than pitchers, that if they had also decided to pitch, could have been at this level. Can I, can I, can I but tell they you? weren't allowed to do it, and they were told not to. And he was in a unique situation where they were just like, screw it, let's go. Y'all about to be mad at me about something, so I'm going to prepare you. And I apologize in <laughs> advance. You ask, why does Shohei Otani, why is he that way? And I believe that Shohei Otani, I believe that there are more Shohei Otani. Right. I believe there are more Ichiros. I think the problem I think the problem is, is that we won't go over there and and, and, and bring them all over. We're trying. I, I think that well, there there's are a more. system in place there. That's the thing. I mean, yeah. there's a posting system. Yeah. Is you can't just start scouting in Japan and bring over kids. You can't do that. The rules of baseball are set up where they have to play I, in Japan I, for a certain amount of time, et cetera, before you bring them over. I mean, it's a whole complicated situation. But over a hundred years, we ain't never seen this. <laughs> over a hundred years, we ain't never seen this, y'all. Yeah. Well, I'm, something tells me we're going to see a lot more of it as mm-hmm. uh, as. As we move forward. Yeah. G, we'll be right back. We'll give you everything you need to know. Brock and Salk, ZL Sports on 710ZLSports.com. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, it wasn't really a particularly impressive weekend for the Mariners. Honestly, it wasn't. If you watch the games, they did a couple good things, but they didn't play all that well. And yet... They did what they needed to do, right? They won two out of three from a struggling White Sox team. You got to win series, and they did exactly that, mostly because of the pitching. Bryce Miller was fantastic yesterday, following up on Logan Gilbert, who was good, and Brian Brian Wu, who was, quite frankly, tremendous on Friday. But you had to get the bats going, and they did yesterday. Julio Rodriguez, an early two-run double. Jared Kelnick adding on late. Now the 1-0 pitch to Kelnick, swinging a line drive into the gap in left center field. Here comes Crawford. He's waving in tie. Tie running third. He'll score. Here comes Teoscar. He's being waved in. He'll score. Kelnick to third slides. He's safe at third. No relay to third. Jared Kelnick with a bases clearing triple into the gap in left center field. Holy smokes. The Mariners lead the White Sox. Five to one. Jared Kelnick. Coming through in the clutch. Yeah, between Kelnick and Julio, the two kids drove in every run for the Mariners yesterday. Second time this year that those two have really keyed a victory and really gives you that sense of the way things are supposed to work for this organization. And I got to tell you, that's a huge triple. They probably win the game either way, but it allowed them on a day where their bullpen was toast to use some guys in a non-high leverage situation and kind of get yourself out of town safe 
Day off today. Head to New York and be fresh and ready for what is going to be an incredibly challenging road trip. Mike, we all need to come home and get some of Mama's cooking from time to time. And when the Mariners came off that losing six of eight on the road, they came home, they won four of six, something that they needed. Mm -hmm. Now they're going on the road to the East Coast. They're going to New York. They're going to Baltimore, right? And we'll see what happens then. But right now, they took care of business, what they needed to do. And by the way, they're three games back. Of the wild Three. card. It's really amazing for all the conversation. We're going to dig into some phone calls on that here in a few minutes. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, Wyndham Clark is your U.S. Open champion. And now the stage is clear for Wyndham Clark. Yeah! Who takes down all the stars in Los Angeles to win the United States Open. Yeah, that's well put from Dan Hicks there on NBC yesterday. He's not the biggest name, that's for sure. 32nd ranked player in the world started this year at 163rd. So if you're not fully up on Wyndham Clark, I don't think anybody will blame you. But he took down a whole bunch of really big names. Rory McIlroy was second, one shot back. Scotty Scheffler finished third. He's the number one player in the world. Ricky Fowler was in it until the end. I mean, you you ended up with some big names there on the leaderboard, but he held his composure. He didn't make any big mistakes. He grinded his way to a victory, and after keeping it all together, all the concentration, all the stored emotion, trying to keep it as flatline as possible, he was bawling before he even picked up the ball out of the cup. I mean, he was instantly, all of that emotion came pouring out of him. Pretty cool scene yesterday in Los Angeles. I was going to make fun of Rory. Rory McIlroy more. Uh, McIlroy. Rory McIlroy. It always seems, Mike, it always seems like he's the best man at the weddings. These days. I mean, he did win four majors. Yeah. yeah but it Dude did, won four majors. He did. I, again, I was going to make fun of him. And then I checked his pockets. Yeah. Hey, my man, my man signed a $200 million Nike endorsement deal yeah. back in 2013. Then in 2017, he increased that contract by 10 years. My bad, Rory. <laughs> you keep your mouth shut. I didn't, I didn't know your paychecks was like that, player. Dude. Continue. Those guys make some serious, serious, what? serious money at the top of the golf world. Yes. There is a lot yes. of money to be made. Here's the third thing you need to know. I'm going to keep beating this drum. Uh, there are people who say that it's the dumbest thing I've ever said and people who think that it's the smartest. But the Mariners should wear those steelhead uniforms all the time and become the Seattle steelhead. That should be their permanent, regular, standard uniform, white and black. Ditch the blue, ditch the teal, ditch the yellow, ditch the ditch all of it and just go with that look full time. When you look good, you feel good. When you feel good, you play good. And baby, when you play good, you know what them bosses and all them do? They pay good. And telling you the Mariners get busy in them uniforms. I'm with you. By the way, I can't believe I'm agreeing with Mike Salk about something. they're awesome. But we are some. There's something about uniforms. It's something about how you look that really translate to how you do. And the past uniforms, the last 20, 21 years, ain't been that great. Let's go ahead and make a change right, right? now. Let's sign a petition. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jay. I, I, that you, means a lot to me as you believe crazy. it. Northwest Green is great. No, it's not. I, it love, really, I love the Mariners. It uniforms. really is not great. It's new. Okay, then let me say which of the Mariners 
uniforms throughout the course did you like the most? I know you don't like the currents. Did you like the 80s blues? Did you like the tridents? Did you like tridents? Tridents are nice. Tridents are that's second place. A second. Yeah. I like the I like the cream that they wear. I the even I don't mind the city. Can I like I don't there's a but they're all fine. But the whole Mariner scheme is very nouveau. It's very nouveau riche. And that black and white is old school clean, man. It looks good. That's everything you need to know. We do that quarter pass to every hour. The reason you like that uniform is because like the Yankees get out of here, man. And it's not like the Yankees. It looks good. It's not that disgusting pinstripe with that horrible NY that is just, I mean, just awful to look at. No. I cannot unsee the Yankees in their – I'm going to say this and watch is going to happen for you. I can't unsee the Yankees in their uniform and not think about someone in a pinstripe suit. Right. And I don't care – I don't care what year it is. A pinstripe suit has always been terrible. <laughs> you just don't ter- like it. No, I don't like it. It is always Also, the awful. Yankees are the Yankees are white and blue, and this is cream and black. Like, it's off-white and black. It's a much better look than the Yankees. Yeah, sorry, I got to tell you, you guys are wrong. It is the best uniform the Mariners could throw out there. It's not like being the Mariners has ever helped them do anything. Change your name, change your uniform, change your color scheme, change it all, and move on in a completely new way. G, thanks, buddy. It's good having you in here today, buddy. Excited about. Let me go. go G Scott, uh, your show with Ursula. Is Ursula in today? I don't see her. No, it's the the best of. Oh, just you're not even doing a show? Yeah, you had me come work on Juneteenth. What? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You had me come work (laughs) on Juneteenth. Why are you leaving then? Why don't you come back at nine o'clock, man? Okay. All right. She's got a half hour. You're going to be gone. He'll be back here at 9 o'clock. All right. See? You have nowhere to go. All right. All right. We'll do another hour with you at 9 o'clock. I'll, I'll right. let you guys know how to go. I know you got something to do here for a little bit. Thank you. I'm going to I'm gonna open up the phone lines for a few minutes because I wanted to ask, this, and not about the uniforms, although, quite frankly, I could debate that with you guys as long as you want. Who are, who are the Mariners right now? Are they the team that just won four out of six and is three games back in the wild card? Or are they the team that is eight and a half back of Texas and didn't look particularly impressive while winning those four out of six. Which are they? And I think you can make a pretty compelling case on both sides of this equation, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a Monday. It's a holiday. The weather's kind of lousy. I kind of want to just hear from you guys for a few minutes. KJ is going to be in tomorrow. 866-979-3776. Which, Marin- which is more true? The Mariners are a team moving in the right direction that just won four out of six at home and is three games back in the wild card or the Mariners looked unimpressive against two mediocre teams at home and now are eight and a half back of Texas in the division. Both those things are true, which is more true. 866-979-3776. We'll dig in together next. Brock and Salk, CL Sports on 710, clsports.com. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. It's a great song. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com, 866-979-3776 is the phone line. And i uh, got a couple of spaces open for you guys here in a Holiday weekend, kind of a day, dreary out. It was 47 degrees in Seattle this morning. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it was not nice. It rained both. And as soon as. It's, what is that? It's the only nice day we had is the Mariners off day. I know. Day. It's really, it's just, it's it's shocking the way all this Come has on. gone down this year. But uh, that's sort of the question I want to ask you guys, because the Mariners are two-faced right now. Do you know who the, you know, uh, do you know what January is named for? 
Mm, no, I don't Do think you know so. who January is named for? I don't think so. It's named for the Greek god Janus. And Janus comes from the word uh, for door in in Latin. And Janus mm-hmm. and January are all about the fact that you could kind of go two directions at once. January is the opening door into the... Yeah, I remember Janus. The, and Janus is, is two-faced. That's sort of the whole yeah. point of Janus. It's got two faces. And so I think about the Mariners, and maybe they've got a little Janus to them. Not jaundiced. They're not jaundiced. But they, they've got a little, you know, maybe a little Janus to them. Yeah. They are J-A-N-U-S, by the way, not J-A-N-I-C-E. Yeah, not, like, not, not like there's the character a, from Friends. You laugh and all that. They're, they're, they're there's a, there's a band called Janus that I used to like. But yeah, I, rem- I remember this. This is like the little god of like duality. Yes. And, and, and doors. Door, doorways, transitions. Yes. yes. So who are they? Are they the team that is eight and a half back at Texas? that looked terrible when they had their opportunity against some of the better teams this year, New York, Texas, Anaheim, et cetera, mm-hmm. and, and, and have not lived up to potential. And quite frankly, we're unimpressive even on this homestand, right? Chicago and who were they playing before Chicago? Uh, Marlins. The Marlins. They were unimpressed. I mean, they had the two good games against the Marlins, but overall, the really frustrating game on Sunday. Yeah, they were and really then, close to two sweeps. I know, but they didn't get either of those sweeps, and they didn't play particularly well against Chicago, and so I'm annoyed about that, and it's kind of frustrating, and you can definitely write a tale of this Mariner team really struggling. I could also look at it and go, what are you talking about? They blew out Florida twice. They should have swept the White Sox, and unfortunately, you know, their most reliable reliever gave it up in the ninth inning. They are three games back in the wild card. Quite frankly, they started to reel Texas in as the Rangers have started to come back to earth. Who could have ever predicted that? And then, um, you know, they're, they're, they're playing better baseball with a lot of real potential ahead of them. I think there is a legitimate case to be made on both sides of it. So I'll ask you guys, who are the real Mariners? Which of those stories tells, tells it better? 866-979-3776. I know my answer, but let me hear from you guys. Starting with Jeremy in, what does I say, Bellevue? What's yeah, up, Bellevue. Jeremy? Good morning. Yeah, I think the Mariners, I think what they got going on right now is pretty true of what they could be. I mean, all the experts talk about uh, passing, all those guys talk about it. They got the pitching. Other teams envy them, and, you know, they get very little production with Kellenick and Julio, and they get a win, so they just had – a guy with 16 strikeouts the other night, and they still got to win. So, I mean, they get minimal production. I feel like that shows good for the Mariners. So you think they are more the team that is three back in the wild card? Yep, I do. Good. I do. I think they got a lot of a lot of potential, and will the real Mariners please stand up? I know. Isn't that, isn't that sort of what we've been asking for all year? And, and when you see it, like those two games against Florida, you're like, dude, just do this all the time. It's not like those two games were against crap pitching. I mean, those guys were good. Those guys were legit. How hard is it to just take that same consistent approach? And I know the fact that we're having this conversation and this debate leads right back to that same same word, which is consistency. Mm -hmm. They are inconsistent, which is why you Mm -hmm. can kind of look at them and see whatever it is you want to see back in the mirror. But, man, like there are days where you're just like, 
I, I see this team and how they were built and why they're supposed to be a championship contender. And other days where you watch them and you go like, I, I can't even imagine what it was that ever drew me to what, saying this team would be even good this year. 100%. I get it. And yesterday was one of those cold, wet, I don't want to say marine layer day, but that's basically what it was, right? And they found a way to get five runs. Yep. Their two best players put balls in the gap, and they scored runs, and they overcame a 16 strikeout and they, day And they should be able to do that more often. Exactly. Also, don't strike out 16 re- times in a day. <laughs> Relying on the home run ball but, yesterday wasn't going to happen. don't strike out 16 times. Yeah. 866-979-3776. Let me go to Zach in Oregon. What's up, Zach? Good morning. Mike, never in a million years did I think I would call in with the intent of reinforcing your sense of rightness. <laughs> but here we are. Here we That's are. These I'm things happen, it Zach. It's a weird day, man. I get it. <laughs> for, for sure. So my answer to your question is, the Mariners aren't good. They're not the team that we were hoping they would be. The AL is a lot better than we thought it would be. Pitching's been uh, struggling with injuries. A lot of free agent signings with the Mariners are not working out the way we want. But here's where you were right, Mike. You said in March that this was all part of the plan. And what you meant by that was baseball is a weird sport. And there's funky voodoo stuff that goes on, and it's not linear, and building a roster is not linear like it is in football or basketball. And so the plan is to put together a young core of talented people and keep them around for five, seven, ten years. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have some up years, and you're going to have some down years. And you weather the down years, and then next year – the pitching is going to be healthy. Julio and Kelnick are going to be hitting better. And then that's the year that you go all in at the trade deadline. That's the year that you make a run deep into the playoffs. Now, my opinion on whether that plan is viable or not, or emotionally infuriating, <laughs> is not really why I'm calling. I'm just calling to remind you yeah. that you told us all that this was part of the plan. And you're going to have to weather these weird, funky, odd years with hopes that you're going to well, have. Yeah, and, and you don't have to weather them because you're a Mariner fan. You have to weather them because you're a baseball fan, right? I mean, that that's, Absolutely. I think, the point of that. Of uh, Thank you for quoting me to me. I like that, Zach. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, and I need more people to do that because otherwise I forget whatever the heck it is I've said. But I, I, I think what you're saying is, well, I, I've said this before. I agree with you because I agree with me. Uh, the, 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 the problem with baseball is that it's nonlinear. It's unpredictable. And so why do you have to suffer through disappointment sometimes in order to get to the other side of it? Because it's baseball. Not because they're the Mariners, but because it's baseball. And there's a history to this, and we could go through how the Astros went forward and then back and then uh, two steps forward. I mean, it, it, it is not unprecedented for this to happen. The thing is, even in the middle of all that, they're still right in the middle of everything. They're three games back in the wild card. They're how much closer than they were this time a year ago when they started. To, wasn't it June 23rd or whatever that they started their streak last year? So you're right at about that point. And instead of being 10 games back in the wild card, you're three. You're right there in the middle of it. 866-979-3776. Go to Roger in Tacoma. What's up, Roger? Good morning. How you doing, man? Let me tell you what the Mariners are. No, oh, I know what they you are. think. You already told me on Friday what you think the Mariners are. Well, no, I, well, I'm going to tell you again. They are a 500 <laughs> baseball team. And 500 baseball teams are the worst to root for because you want to give yourself permission to hope. And then they dash your hope. So, so it, it, you know, they're just, you know, they're playing like milk toast. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they need a brawl. Maybe they need another brawl. And it didn't have to be against the Angels. Maybe it's 
maybe they just need to brawl because Daryl and a bunch of his friends down at the pub. They need something to 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 bring them together. They they are just playing like milk toast. Yeah, no, I think there's, there's a lot nothing. of validity to that, Roger. I agree with you, and I, I think that is one of the reasons. I think I think if you were to get Jerry Depoto in a quiet moment. And he could be 100% honest. He would tell you that he screwed up by letting Carlos Santana get away. That they that they did not adequately replace the leadership that Carlos Santana brought to this team, plus the productivity that he brought to the DH position. But more importantly to this conversation, the the just the straight up veteran leadership. I, I, I don't I don't want to sit here and bank on DD Gregorius being that guy because that sounds absurd. But that is why they've recently signed him. That is why he's playing in AAA. And my guess is in another week or so, you're probably going to end up seeing him maybe right after the All-Star break because they they just need somebody to help guide this group. And it's got to come from the inside. It's got to come from the clubhouse. And if he has anything left, my guess is he's here to try to do some of that for them, Roger. Well, I hope so because it's like they got no umph. You know, and, and I wish I could find a better word, but that is the word I'm looking for. They got no umph. Yeah. You no. know, they, and but they got players that have umph. I mean, Julio's got it. Jared's got it. They got players that have it. They are just not showing it on a consistent basis, and it's really, really but I But I think the point you're making, Roger, is that they do have a lot of guys like that, and they haven't they shown know. it through half the season, but I think that's why I still remain fairly hopeful that they can show it in the second half of the season because they got the talent. If they didn't have enough talent, I'd sit here and go, eh, what are you going to do? They're a 500 team. They don't have enough talent. Mm -hmm. They do have enough talent. They haven't played up to their ability level. That's frustrating. But it also means that there's still half a season for them to do that. And if they do, they haven't cost themselves the opportunity to try to make the playoffs this year. And it's hard to imagine if the pitching hadn't lived up to it the way they had, where they would be in a real deep hole right now. And the pitching's kept a minute. 866-979-3776. Let me grab Brent in D.C. What's up, Brent? Good morning. Hey, good morning, Salk. So I think the, the real trouble here is the front office and everyone got excited because it really took a miracle to get to the playoffs last year. 14-game win streaks don't just happen. And if you look at the word used at expectations earlier, I think we have an expectation that this is a team this year that's supposed to compete for the division. Mm -hmm. So let's put on our hats for a second, change our perspective, and say, you know what, maybe this team is a year off. Maybe next year is the year. We're 500 now. We do have a lot of young talent. We have a lot of talent that's not performing. And we've got a heck of a pitching staff. So I think it's all about expectations. I think they're probably going to be in that wild card hunt at the end of the year. But if we reframe it a little bit and say next year is our year, I think we've got a lot of capital. They didn't spend this year. I don't know why they would spend next year, but I hope they do. And uh, that's my take. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I do think that, you know, expectations play a role in the way we're viewing this. Right? A hundred percent. There's no question that that is a big part of where where my uneasiness and impatience and yeah, just overall frustration has come from. They're disappointing their expectations. Yes. They are not playing up to the level of the team that we expected them to be, or at least that you and I did. I know there's a lot of people who were on the other side of it and said so expectations that this is what they expected. They mm-hmm. expected them to not have enough juice. They sure. expected them to not be this good because they didn't sign, you know, another player or two in DH and all of that. I, I'm not in that camp. I, I really do think, and I still think they have enough talent on the team. I still think they have enough talent. I think they got to go get one other guy. 
but I don't think they're drastically inferior talent wise to the teams they've been losing to. I think they just haven't played up to their adequate level. 866-979-3776. Let me grab Paul in Redmond. What's going on, Paul? Good morning. Hey, so, and so I, I think we're we're both. We're good and we're bad. We're good against the bad teams and we're bad against the good teams. And we just showed that we can win against bad or equivalent teams. Uh, but we can't really do that. And we have another... Uh, challenge in front of us where we go on a pretty tough road trip mm-hmm. playing a good Yankees team and a, and a good Baltimore team where we got to kind of turn it on. So what if they go 500 uh, against the Yankees and Orioles? What if, what if they win one series, lose the other? Then what? Right? I mean, they're, they're still a 500 team, but they'll have beaten one good exactly. team, lost to another. I mean, like, they're just sort of holding themselves right in striking distance here. You're right, but we also got to do something to light the flame in the clubhouse, too. So if they could show themselves that they could beat teams like this, that may be the spark that Roger's looking for, as opposed to go catching a case and fighting some dude at a bar. But I think one thing I'm curious about is, I don't know if you know, but how did the, the Braves turn out in 2021? There were 500 teams going into the All-Star break. Right. But something clicked for him. Yeah, and we've really seen that a few times. It was the Phillies last the year, right? right? It's the Braves that year. Yeah. It was the Phillies last year. It was the Nationals the year that they won the World Series. I mean, all of those teams were mediocre at the halfway point. Every one of them. Exactly. Every one yeah. of them. I know the Phillies didn't end up winning the 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 uh, World Series, but they got there and you know ran into a bit of a buzzsaw. I think it was what Houston was just on a mission last year. But you're right. I mean that that's three World Series teams, teams that were in the World Series in the last five, seven years, whatever it is. I don't remember when Washington was there, but it was probably mm-hmm. five right. years ago. Yeah, I just want to say it was Z- something like that. 19? All right, whatever. Okay. So roughly then, the last five years. Yeah, but that's that's three teams that were mediocre at best sure. at and, the All-Star And he break. asked what happened. Braves signed Jock Peterson July 15th. Yeah, that sure did seem to get them going, mm-hmm. right? That kind of was a Things change after bit that. of a catalyst for them, and he was one of those guys. I don't know whether Jock's going to be available because San Francisco's been playing a little bit better recently, yeah, but it up. That's, uh, that's a guy that we've talked about. All right, let me grab one more call, and then G's back here. He's going to come hang out a little bit more. We'll go with Nick, who's in Spokane. What's going on, Nick? Good morning. Morning, how are you? Awesome, dude. What's going on? I said Spokane because that's what my mom says every time I talk to her. Well, let it slide. It's kind of like Gonzaga. Yeah, well, she says Gonzaga. that. No, it's Gonzaga. There you yeah. go. You know, Gonzaga, it's in Spokane. So, like, yep, Mom, you almost got it. We, we're we're going to get there. Perfect. So I think they're the closer to the team with eight and a half back. Uh, you know, they went four and two over the last six, but they still dropped a half game to the Rangers. They're doing a better job of getting on base, but they're still struggling with driving runners in. And now I think they're going to go into New York and Baltimore and get beat up by two teams that are ahead of them in the wild card. Well, if they do, if they really do get beat up on this road trip, I think that'll be pretty telling. It it, it probably won't be the end of the season because, again, they're still going to be within five, six games of the wild card and that's in it. But I think you're right that this is another sort of telling option. And we've had a few of these these, this year, right? These sort of moments that tell you where you're at. And if they struggle with New York and Baltimore, two teams that they have an opportunity to beat right ahead of them in the, in the wild card and teams that they had success against last year. Yeah. I think that will be telling We'll we'll know a little bit more, but I keep saying that. And then, you know, baseball's long and you're not the only team with problems, right? I know two weeks ago, the Rangers were going to win the world series. And now like, but they, they haven't exactly six. fallen off a cliff. No, but they lost six 
lost six of ten. Mm-hmm. They haven't played exactly the same, and we'll see what happens when they start to get some injury issues, which I know will happen. Right? I just we'll see. Again, I'm I'm not saying the Rangers are a bad team, but I don't know that I'm crowning the Rangers the way I heard some people doing a few weeks ago. The Angels are playing well right now. We'll see how long that lasts because they got some dudes who are young and are playing better than they ever have in their life. We'll see if that continues. It might. It might. Sure. Sure. But baseball is a way of, you know, little streaks, and then you come back to earth, and yep. all of these teams are flawed. None of them have significantly more talent than the Mariners do, which tells me that the Mariners are still in position to make a bit of a run at all that. Gee, what happened to you? You left for a while, and then you came back. I'm confused. What happened here? Have you... <laughs> You checked your, your call. You had a call at 830. You told me you checked the Zoom link and everything. You were ready to go. Yeah. What happened? Have you guys ever been really excited about something? <laughs> like really excited. And I've been looking forward to this. I've known about this meeting that's going to happen for a week. And I think what happened was <laughs> is I think that I told Big Kyle that I could do Brock and Salk show at 830 and I have to stop. But for some reason, mm. I thought that my meeting was at 830. Ah. And so here I am. Because um, you're that excited about this meeting. I'm so excited about this meeting. And I'm messaging the people. And they're like, uh, yeah, the meeting doesn't start until 9 ah. Pacific. And I said, well, I'm here right now. They said, yeah, but it doesn't but start we're, until we're 9. Busy. <laughs> and I, so, no, it gets worse. Oh, it gets worse. I said, yeah, and I sent a Zoom link. I sent a picture of me waiting in the lobby, and I sent that to them, and they said, yeah, it doesn't start for 24 minutes. In my mind, I thought the meeting started at 830 oh, and could man. not understand. And now you're, like, mad at and you, you decided to take out your anger on them, the people that you're meeting with. <laughs> so, hey, if you're Are these early, people trying to hire you for something, If you're too? early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, don't even bother showing up, G. Yeah. yeah Let me ask you, because yeah, Justin yeah. almost had a problem with this uh, over the weekend. <laughs> I'm not going to get too de- deep into the details. Can I ask you both a very simple question? Yeah. yeah. You got Let's a phone? Yeah. You got like an iPhone? Yes. Same as mine, like a, yeah. you know, a yeah, work, yeah. working iPhone. Yeah. I, know right. where this, I know where this is going. I don't know whether you change around all of the icons for all of your sure. apps or whether you just sort sure. of stick with whatever order they put them in. I, I generally haven't moved stuff around that much. I just don't care. I kind of, but like right there in the top, the top row of my iPhone apps. I mean, I got four or five pages, but on the first page, mm-hmm. top row, second from the left, I got this right now. It says it's white and black and red. It says Monday 19. And right under it says calendar. And there's all these things you can do with the calendar. You can put those (laughs) meetings right into your calendar so you know what time they're at. Yeah. yeah. You ever thought about that? Betsy is banging her head against the desk listening to this right now. Like, yeah, I've been telling this for months. Hold on. I do it all the time. You put stuff in your calendar? Or you ignore the fact that you have a calendar? I live my day by the calendar. Okay. First of all. First of all, first you, of all me. <laughs> you are the person. Let's let's talk about this. You are the person that hired me. True. You hired me years ago. If there's one thing that you can you at least give me some credit, I am never late. I would not refer to you as late ever. I'm never late. No, you're not a late person. In this you case, the, uh, you're not the most punctual person I know. Who is who is the most punctual? The most punctual person I know, and it's not close. Who? Is Kevin Martinez from the Mariners? I've never met a human being more punctual oh, than praise. Kevin. Yeah. He is obsessed 
with his punctuality. I'm not going to argue Kevin Martinez because Kevin Martinez is probably the reason why I'm <laughs> You're on this, this call. I'm on this call that's going to be coming up. <laughs> so I'm not going to argue that. But, G, you're on the list. I, and, bro, I just – I think my excitement mm. – I was the person that's showing up for the interview that's Mm. supposed to start at 9 at 8.30 complaining, where y'all at? (laughs) Open the doors. Uh, And and so I am pulling on the doors. Hey, hey, open up the doors. And they're like, "Um, excuse me, sir. Security, security. Let that man know that it doesn't start until nine. Dude, that's embarrassing. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. So I'm already starting off on the wrong foot. Yeah, with these folks. How are you going to make up? So you, how are you going to make it up to them when you meet at nine? Yeah. How are you? Are you going to self-deprecate? Like what? Absolutely. The, okay. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> I'm going to start off because I think I was gonna, just so excited about this. There's going to be a bunch of people on the call. Yeah. I was so excited about this opportunity. That I'm going to say, I'm such an idiot. Yeah. My apologies. Right? Are you going to change what you're wearing before the meeting? Or is that what you're wearing for the meeting? No, someone we're not wearing for the meeting. No, I won't. I always want. Wow. Well, I'm just checking. Well, I always. I have some business meetings. I always wonder. Under promise and over deliver. Right. I do this all the time. Are you going to wear those First glasses for the meeting? I am not going to wear these glasses. You take the, the glasses off. I'm going to take the glasses off. All right. I mean, <laughs> snarky like that. Dude, wait, Salk, did he show up to a suit when you hired him? Huh? Did he show up in a suit when you hired him? The heck no. Well, yeah, he lied about go. all that. He was like, let me tell you, I'm going to dress nice every day. I'm never, like, I got all these tattoos <laughs> on, my, on my arms. I never that want anybody to see these tattoos. That's true. And then, like, three days later, he's in, like, a tank top. <laughs> it was no, like, no, no. I, good memory. <laughs> Dude, you don't think I remember that stuff? I look like, hey, that's not what's happening here at all. Hey, hey, hey Justin, I used to show up. To to here to uh, seven ten or Seattle Sports Station, looking nice, looking nice, yeah, dressed up. And then he just quit doing that one day. He was yeah. like, "Yeah, I'm done." Well, the, like, the real you eventually comes right. out. He's like, "Ah, oh, it's not really who I am. <laughs> I'm gonna let these uh, tats out. The sleeves are gone. Yeah. The arms got to breathe. <laughs> I gotta be me." So, my, so my bad, man. Good luck. All right, well, good luck with these guys. You know, it was fun. We ended up having some good conversations. The people were out there. They were engaged. Go yeah. enjoy your call. We'll see you on Wednesday. All right, bro. All right there you go. The great G Scott, and you can listen to G with Ursula. Every day, 9 to noon on our sister station, 97.3 Cairo News Radio.